Okay, I did not see nothing lift off with the count on. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks, and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition, and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax, and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows, and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi everybody, it's Marcia Cook, and um, we're having a great show today. This is the last show of the year, I think, but as those that know me, sometimes I pop another show in every now and then. But I'm actually going to try to finish my book, so I'm going to not have shows after today. I will be on one show. Uh, I'll be on Fran Lewis's show on Tuesday. Um, we're going to talk about library and events. She's got two other authors, and it's going to be a really good show because it's hard to get in libraries, it's hard to have events, and so I think that's a good subject to talk about for everybody because it's not always that easy to get into these places. And we have a really different show than I've ever had before because we have two men on, yay, <laughs> and um, Nathan Colston, and we have Thomas Iyer. I, if I, he'll tell you if I said it wrong because usually I do. And we have we have their personal assistant on today, who I just met, and she's so nice, Nina. And she'll be talking a little bit too, and and they'll be talking about um, their books, and we'll just chit chat. And Nathan missed at the beginning, so just Nathan, you can talk, ask questions of each other too. So they will ask qu- questions of each other because they probably some of them have not talked to each other before, so this should be really fun. And uh, I will let Nina, the, let Nina say who she is first because she got me these two guys to come on the show, and I'm very happy to have them. Nina, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Masha? I'm good. And so we have two of your authors on. You want to talk a little bit about yourself before we bring them in? Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Nina, and I'm a PA for Thomas and Nathan. Um, I'm 40 years old. I just recently had my birthday. Um, Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, I love to spend time with my family. Um, I love dogs. (laughs) Um, Well, you do. That's a good thing. You like dogs. All right. That's a good thing. I have lots of dogs in my books that do talk. They talk. (laughs) And so you got me to you brought me two wonderful guests and um, Nathan I've talked to on the phone and I haven't talked to Thomas so Thomas hi Hawaii I'm so glad you came and uh, we got the, the phone situation taken care of because it's hard when it's an international call as those of you that have been on my show before it um, we don't Skype and we and it used to be a little different where the calls could come in so welcome to the show and I'm so glad you came. So do you want to tell everybody a little bit about yourself? And you're such an interesting yeah. guy. I mean, very interesting here. <laughs> yeah, hi, Marcia. Uh, thanks hello. for inviting me onto the show. Hi, hello. Nathan, and hello, Nina. Hi. Um, a bit about, my, bit about myself. Um, I suppose five random facts. I joined the Royal Navy when I was 15 years old. Wow. And, yeah. I served for five and a half, well, nearly six years in the Royal Navy. I served on my last fixed-wing aircraft carrier, HMS Ark Royal. And oh, so I that explains the airplanes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, after that, I went into, uh, I went into um, engineering after I left the Royal Navy, and I ended up getting a, a bachelor's degree in engineering. Wow. And then in June 2000, 
my life ended uh, when I came off a motorcycle and uh, crashed into a big rope climb. Uh, so technically I died and I've been reborn and I uh, got into writing um, basically through a lack of anything else to do with the injuries that I suffered. So, um, yeah, that's a bit about me. That's a lot about you. That's a lot about you. And, you know, so, I mean, the one thing is that, you know, you didn't let the, your motor accident and your motorcycle accident leave you doing nothing. So you have definitely accomplished a lot now, you know, and uh, you have books out and you have audio books. So that's a good thing. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not just yeah, nothing. I've got, <laughs> it's hard. I've got, I've got two books out. Uh, the the first one in my codename Orca series is called Desert Overwatch, um, and then that follows on with the second book in the series, which is the British Front Line. Uh, basically, the British Front Line is is the big book. The um, Desert Overwatch is quite a small book, uh, which I put out free if anyone wants to go to my website they can get it that's thomasjair.com uh, you can download it subscribe to my mailing list and you can get the book for free and then that leads on to the British Frontline um, basically it's 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 about a mafia that's what it is the, the mafia have attacked Great Britain they've gone in under the radar and they've attacked the soft belly of Britain so well, my main main character, Mr. Paddy Regan, is off fighting on in Afghanistan. Um, the Russian mafia have, have come in and started started a war to try and take over all the organised crime in Britain. So uh, I'm not going to go into the plot, but, but uh, Paddy Regan has to come back, be repatriated, and he sets off on a on a revenge mission to go and kill every man in the mafia that he can find. So uh, just hang that, out that's in the casino. Thing. Pardon? I said I hang out in the Nathan. casino. That's where the mafia yeah, goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. let's introduce yeah, Nathan um, now. Here we go. Nathan has a really wild imagination, and I have talked to him on the phone, and he's very interesting. Nathan, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you started writing, and then we'll all... Join in here. <laughs> uh, I'm Nathan, and Bigfoot ate my homework. <laughs> That's how that started. <laughs> you Who asked a question, anyway? I answered it honestly. Who yep. likes homework? What can I that? tell you? <laughs> I was uh, in school, came running into class, uh, and uh, of course I was late. My last period. Uh, study hall mm-hmm. teacher was my homeroom teacher, and mm-hmm. as I walked in, run in rather, almost tripping over a desk, uh, she said, where's your homework? I said, Bigfoot ate it, and that's pretty much what gave me the idea of writing. Yeah, I think she probably writing. loved that. I think she never heard that one before. Oh, right? uh, the first day I ever got was by telling a lie, mm-hmm. so that's that's how that went. I know I'm... Not making the most, uh, well, the best impression here, but I believe in being truthful. Well, um, actually, that's not true because actually you have books out, and so you have done, and you are driving all around the United States in a big, big truck. So I think, yes, you have a lot going on, and your imagination. I think it's always, people always probably wonder why people are in, you know, when they're driving, you know, because a lot of people are driving for a living, you know, and you're, you have actually figured out what to do with the wild imagination. So you put it down in, in paper, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I've got, exactly. uh, I've got a, a collection going uh, that I call the Living Library of Creation. Uh, it is uh, out of the box. What I mean by that is it is definitely not your typical stories. But the most funnest thing I believe I've ever done is what I'm currently working on now with Andrea Pride. Um, we got a series going on that started with the live right, the Rose of uh, Alabastra. And that is turning out to be fun. She is a trip to work with. She is a brilliant author. 
And uh, I'll write something down. She says, oh, no, it ain't going that way. I said, well, it did there. She says, watch <laughs> this, and she changes it. It looks better. Yeah, well. it's, it's fun. It's good. Thomas, I recommend you, you teaming up with somebody one time, buddy, because it's fun as hell. Oh, pardon my language. I don't know if I'm supposed to swear No, it's okay. Not, That's but. all right. Hell works. That works. <laughs> that works. People have said much worse than that on this show. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would do, but when I spoke yeah. to my editor about that sort of thing a, a little while ago, she said that she knows authors who've written books that are, uh, between them that are nine years in the waiting and they still can't publish it because they're still arguing about who gets what, what from the book. So, uh, oh, see, well, I, well, see, here's I, I, how you I, handle I, that problem, buddy. You're married, so you just get with a woman. That way, when she says it ain't going to go that way, you already got the words down pat. Yes, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look so, at it. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. A good way to look at it. So we don't. I don't have that problem. She says we ain't doing it. I said okay. Well, that's that's a good thing. But you know, the it is hard to write with someone else a lot of times. It really is, you know. But uh, you really have to have a bond between you, you know, that will allow you to say like yes or no. Because some people, everything they say, they go like, oh, it's the best thing ever, and everybody knows that there's no best thing ever. So it's like it can always change well, well, a little. Well, see, you can always you can always walk into that one on a positive note. If you yeah. walk in thinking <laughs> one is brilliant and you're the dumbass, so then that way there's no dispute over anything. <laughs> but actually, see, actually, you're really not. You know, I mean, look at look at what you've accomplished. This is why it's so exciting to have you on the show because. People are always saying, what do they accomplish? They can't accomplish anything. But if you really think about what you have accomplished, I think that's a really good thing. Oh, I've, well, I have I've two accomplished people on here, and the same as Thomas. He had an accident, and he made a whole life after that. So, Nina, I think you'll agree. These are great guys out here that are really examples. Yes, I 100% agree. I love them both. <laughs> They're fun to work with. <laughs> I can see they that. They make my job so easy. See. They make my job so easy. <laughs> so how, so uh, before oh, we yeah, go there. into something else, how many clients do you have, Nina? And do you, are you looking for more clients or what? Oh. What, do you, what do you plan? Um, What's your plan? I have, What's your I have, plan I here? Seven. <laughs> well, my plan is that I help other authors out to promote their books, to yeah. like help um, and help them in a contest. But I do have seven authors that I do constantly that I think I'm full on that. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, so you have other services that people can have if they don't want to hire you full time. Is that it? That's yes, what you do. Exactly. So they, yes, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I have a group that, um, that I'm a PA for. Manny Atkins, and she does a live read, and I'm her PA, and I bring them to her, and I do her scheduling for a live read if they have any new release. Oh, that's good. Yes. And then you know, I do uh, I do takeovers in my other groups, uh, Naked on Friday and Party and Books, yeah. that I do takeovers. And I so does that, so. does that work for you, the, the takeovers? Because I think I had mentioned to Nathan when I talked to him, too, that, I, you know, I, I'm, the takeovers, I don't really know. Some people really don't know what to do on the takeovers, you know, and then it doesn't go very far. Um, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, do, do Nathan, do you and Thomas, are they involved in it, or do you do it for them? No, they're uh, involved in them, uh, and, involved. Helped, and uh, I help them, yes. That's I'd good. like to jump in on that one if I can. Yes, you can. You can. Jump Nina, right in. <laughs> Nina is awesome at finding both the contests and also the author takeovers. And between, um, I've got another PA, my granddaughter, Kirsty, and um, Nina. We, we've, yes. been these, we've been getting these uh, author takeovers off pack. Um, we've we've got all the files that we use to upload, you know, book teasers and that sort of thing, and we get a lot we get a lot of engagement. Uh, yeah. 
I don't, well, I don't know thing. how nice it is, but yeah, oh yeah, we get we get an awful lot of engagement when we're in like um, paranormal hunger, hunger like we were last night. So yeah, yeah it's it's good. Yeah, all right, that's good. All right, uh, Nathan, what about I'm you? I'm just the opposite thing. I I come in, they all go ah and run away. So. <laughs> Well, you have and an then, excuse. You're then, driving. You have an excuse. You're driving and you're busy out there, right? Right. That's a good excuse. And uh, and the funniest thing was, I can't say all this, but Mina can probably remember this. The very first <laughs> takeover I ever went, I didn't participate in, and they were sitting up there saying, "Ask questions, ask questions." So I was asking questions, and uh, they did not like the questions I asked. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Well, don't do tell I a guy with a wild you, do imagination. Do I dare ask what you, what you asked them that they wouldn't want you happy well, with? Well, I'll put it to you this way. They said ask 50 Shades of Grey questions. I said, okay. okay. I thought they meant, you know, hardcore sex questions. So All I right. asked hardcore sex questions. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I know that woman that was reading that question that I asked, I bet her eyes bulged out to the to the computer screen saying, my God. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that, you know, because I have a lot of shows on with erotic <laughs> authors, and uh, we sometimes I have to say to them, all right, now, you have to explain this to people because sometimes, you know, because you go like, what are you talking about? Because sometimes it get, I, I've had people when I've had nine shows when they do like an anthology and they put all these things, you know, and they're having sex with creatures and whatever. And so I said, you need to explain this to because people don't, a lot of people don't understand all of this, you know, the shapeshifters and things like that. So I think that... Um, when you talk about that, people sometimes they go, "Oh my God," you know. But my shows, we talk about mostly everything because you know there's so many authors out there that do different things. So sometimes, if you say Fifty Shades of Grey, then they just go, "Uh oh, this is what it is," <laughs> because that's probably what they. No, think. I said, "Hot diggity damn, let's go," because I was okay. hoping for some more material. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but you know they did—they just did not want to cooperate with me. Then I realized, well, oh, well, I'm acting like an idiot now. The now my family knows that I know my family's telling the truth. I'm an idiot. So what the hell? But I had fun. Well, isn't that the name of the game? To have a good time. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, I mean, you really—you know—that's at the end of the day, you really have to enjoy this. You know, uh, as much as we all talk about marketing and everything, but. You know, it sounds like you're enjoying what you do, and I think really that's the heart of this all—the whole thing. You know, is enjoying it and like making up things and just having people like what you write. So I think that, you know, that's what people are looking for a lot. You know, fun. Would you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I so agree. I yeah. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm because I do think that. you know you can't get too serious about anything because unless it's a serious topic no less but i mean you know i've done shows like that too but you know most of the time people really want to when they're reading a book they want to let their imagination go so like nathan i know you say you have an imagination which i have heard and seen some of your work so when you're driving and you have a thought do you have a recorder how do you you know because if you don't like for me if i don't write things down I like an idea. I won't remember it. How do? What do you do when uh, you're driving? Depending on depending on the thought. If okay. uh, if the thought is real good, I'll go over it and over it and over it and tweak it in my head. If the thought is extremely good, I'll stop and and write it down. And yeah. if it's incredibly good and too long, I'll grab a voice recorder and record it. Yeah, yeah, because I think because so, I think sometimes you know for me, I like I'll, it drops out of my mind. Then I can just write a sentence and I'll remember it, but otherwise it like drops out, you know. And because we're all thinking so many things, I don't even know what's in my head half the time either. So I mean, it's you know, <laughs> I would think that's one thing we all have in common, you know, as authors. You know, we think a lot of things. Thomas, when you get an idea, what do you do? Do you write it down right away, or do you just mull it over? Um, it, it all depends, really, where I am, what I'm doing, and what the idea is. Uh, a lot of times, yeah, I, I used to use a dictaphone, same as Nathan does. Um, yep. So, 
So, yeah, I, I used to use that, and I also write stuff down in a little notebook. Um, you know, if yeah, you're sitting too. somewhere. It, one of the things that I do is is observe people. I like to yeah. watch people and watch what yeah. they do. And uh oh, he's talking to himself. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah, especially Nina, because I really do like Nina. I'm stalking her. <laughs> camera man, take your camera. Take your camera. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, like I say, I I like to watch people, and just look at and see the actions and and how I would try and describe the action that they're doing in a in a novel, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, because yeah, I look at pe- I, I do look at people a lot too, and you know, you know, that's what authors a lot of times do. We really do pay more attention. You know, like Nathan, like you, I didn't like to pay that much attention in school either because uh, I probably should have, but I didn't. So I get it. You know that you don't. But now I'm so much different than I was before. You know, and I think, well, maybe I should have listened or maybe I should have done this or that. But then again, you can't go back. You just go forward and then you have to really say, look what I'm doing now, you know. And we all, you know, most people when they write, you know, they're really thinking a lot of different things. So it is, you know, you have to really think about it a lot and then sometimes just write notes because, you know, sometimes it does turn into a good idea and sometimes it doesn't, but it might come up later, you know, somewhere. I always think once I put it down, it's better than just, like, letting it go. So I do write little teeny notes and just sentences sometimes. Because I like to write dialogue, uh, so um, I write conversation. Anybody else? Well, okay. I, tell you, that's, that's I tell you the funnest thing. The funnest thing to do if you want to look for a plot is you're going to think I'm lying to you, but it's the God's truth. Okay. Find a McDonald's, buy you a Coke, sit down close to the order counter, and watch. Yeah. I will guarantee okay. you when peak, <laughs> when peak time comes, there's going to be like 15 different people go up or you got my order. The only thing you got to do is put a knife in their hand and describe the way they're walking with purpose. And then yeah. you, you got it going on. I'm telling you, that's, or Walmart. Walmart yeah. is one of the best places to go to. But I don't know about over there in Great Britain, but you you only see uh okay, for Walmart shoppers please don't get mad. But if you're a normal <laughs> person, you know what I'm saying is tell, I'm telling the truth. You will meet the weirdest kind of people on the face of the planet in Walmart. <laughs> well, we, we, we have a, a division of Walmart over here. It's called Asda. And so it's a, you're right. You know, you could walk, go anywhere and watch people, how they really react. Because really, in general, unfortunately, some people are not that nice. So you can see, you know, and then, you know, because a lot of people, they don't have patience to even wait for one second. And that always amazes me how rude they are because they can't wait a minute. You know, they just are, you know, stamping their feet or they're, you know, just moving back and forth or they're looking around or they're just really not nice. And unfortunately, that's everybody's in a hurry. So you can see a lot of people those ways, too, because you're wondering why they can't sit for a second and wait for somebody or, or the, let the cashier do her job. I, you know, I like can actually oh. give you a, I can give you a very good analogy of that. Okay, um, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot what we were going to say. How about that? <laughs> well, that that happened. That well, could happen on you, this show. That could happen. Oh, well, I, what you I say is. Uh, no, I, I remember what I was going to say. Now, I can give you the absolute. The absolute definition of a split second, all right? This is the truth. Okay. If you have a set set of traffic lights in Spain, the the split second is from when the the traffic light turns green to the guy behind you blowing his horn to make you go. That's a split second. Yep, yep. (laughs) And and if you want to know the definition of eternity, just do two mile an hour all across the damn intersection. (laughs) 
Oh my God. <laughs> well, also, okay, I'll give you one too. Like if somebody's behind you and you're looking in the mirror and you have to make a right turn, the people are actually mad that you have to make that right turn. They are really aggravated that you're turning. But what are you supposed to do if you want to make a turn? You know, it's like they just want you to keep going and not turn. So you could look in the mirror and you exactly. see their face. You know that they're mad, but you're thinking, you know, because sometimes, you know, I do swear a lot in the car because I, it's like I'm a different person sometimes because they, you almost have to swear because there's nothing else you can do when you're driving and there people are just like doing like what you're saying. You know, they're not ex- the split second you watch them and it's like, oh, my God, you know, and things do happen in that split second, I think, you know. And so I think, you know, that's a good way to and I'm sure Nathan you're on the you're in the car or you're in a truck actually all the time. So you go to truck stops and all these places. So I would see why you would really see a lot of people that you could use as characters. Cause oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially I, I when got, they're tired. Uh, well, it, it it ain't the tired ones that worries me, it's the ones that ain't tired that think they know everything that scares the hell out of me. You'd be yeah. surprised at some of the stupid stuff I think. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's I mean, ridiculous. We, we, but, well, we all do things, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes when you're doing something, you're thinking, I really hope nobody's watching me. <laughs> They're really thinking I'm crazy, you know, because we all do weird things, but we don't really think about it. And But as authors, we probably think about it more because you sometimes I, if you're thinking something in your head, I'm thinking like, oh, and if, I hope I'm not talking out loud and someone's like looking at me. <laughs> Because we think I'm talking to myself. Because I think we do those things, you know, because we're so used well, to working with characters. Well, see, I, I don't, I don't have that problem. I walk through the truck stop talking to myself. People just stay the hell away from me. <laughs> and then when I go out there and I get in the truck and I'm talking to myself, as I'm walking to the truck, the people that is parked next to me move out <laughs> away from me. So I don't, that don't bother me at all. Good idea. Good, good idea. <laughs> right, they want to get involved. Uh, it's true. You do, I know. You you do find some idiots on the road because uh, yeah. I used to drive. I used to drive eighteen wheelers as well. Oh, I you worked did? out in wow. Libya. Yeah, I was on wow. contract in Libya before wow. Gaddafi got got to, got himself into trouble, and. I remember this one time I was on a desert road, which is dead straight for about 400 miles. And I was doing flat out in this, this truck I was driving, which was about 55 mile an hour. And there was an intersection coming up and there was a road off to the right that led to a, a Libyan Air Force Base. And I watched, I watched this car coming down the road. Now, I, I had right of way. And the car, but bearing in mind, there is absolutely nothing on the road but me uh. in this 18 wheeler, and it's big red, and you can't really miss it. And this guy just pulled straight out in front of me. I uh. I was driving a conventional with the long bonnet, and I swear to God, he actually disappeared from my view, and then he shot out from under <laughs> the bumper. Oh my God. Oh God! And that was how close it was. So you find some idiots on the road. So you know, I mean, because you know, you were in the Royal Navy and all. I mean, that makes your stories. I mean, there's so much you can do with your stories, you know, because you've like been there, done that. So that's kind of exciting when you have all that background, you know, behind yeah, you is. to, then, you know. Then with 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 my book, The British Front Line, this is a true story. I, I I actually wrote that book nine years before I published it. I got really? it written, wow. Wow. but then I, I because I've never been in action, I've never been in combat. I wanted the story to sound authentic, so I got a lot of books by people like Sergeant Dan Mills and people, and who've done it, who've been through it, and I read the true stories, the real true stories. And I, I discovered a thing called the, uh, oh Christ, what's it called now? The, um, 
imposter syndrome. All right, so I came across the imposter syndrome. A lot of people find it when they think about putting books on shelves next to, to say, the likes of Stephen King, and they think, oh, I'm an imposter because I'll, I'll never be able to write as good as that. But my imposter syndrome came because I was trying to describe things that I've never done. And people have died and been in action, you know. And and I, I, I just got to this imposter syndrome that I couldn't do it. I couldn't touch the book. I thought, these guys have been through this. And I'm just writing this for entertainment, you know. And it, that's yeah, what it no, took no, me. I, I get it's, that. No, I, I do. I really do understand what you're saying. That's an interesting concept. I, you know, I didn't, you know, know really what to call it. So you're calling it imposter because uh, we. I mentioned this um, a while, like I think uh, two shows ago, we were talking about that because some authors sometimes they feel like maybe there's someone better than them, or they're not good enough as an author, or who's going to really believe them, and uh, why would they want to read their books? And a lot of people have that in their mind and. That really is, that's writer's block because you can't let that happen to you because, you know, you you are a writer, so you can make up things too, you know, and certainly in fantasy, Nathan, with imagination, then you can really do it, you know, and that's what makes writing so interesting. There's so many different kinds of writing that we can do, but we also have to not feel that we're not good enough. Because, I mean, I think people do go through that a lot. And I sometimes I find well, myself thinking that, too, you know, and I don't want to, but it is what happens sometimes. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a trick to that. When I sit down and write, I don't, I don't sit down and think, um, now I'm going to sound kind of self-centered. I don't no, sit sorry, down and think what Stephen, what, what Stephen King is going to write. His right. style is different right. than mine. And if right. they was to be putting my book next to his on the shelf, i say, well, damn, ain't he lucky I'm beside him. Right. But when I write a book, <laughs> I write what I want to read. Right. That's what I do, too. Right. I do. Ultimately, I and do. Then, you know, right. And and then the, the hardest part, any author knows this one. Unless you got <laughs> mega bucks or you got this major book company that's right behind you, the hardest part is to get your product to the people that's going to like your style of reading. Yes. 90% of the time, if you write something and you like it, then don't worry about who is who is going to like it and who ain't going to like it because right. here's Good the fact. Nope, nobody is going to like everybody's writing. Right. You know, I, I know I'm going to have um, – People that's going to read my stuff and and they're just flat out not going to write it, uh, like it, and I'm I'm just as happy with those people as I am with those that love my work. Right. And it's I would wish attitude. that Great if somebody, attitude. yeah, if they don't like my book, call me whatever name you want to in an email. I don't care, but explain what it did wrong. That's how I make myself better. It ain't it Ooh, ain't from that, the people that a, love my work. I think that's, that's a great. A I think note. it's really a great way to look. And honestly, I think that you know, before I did my shows, I think that I just wrote. And so now, after well, twenty years of doing shows, being an agent, doing all the screenplays, whatever I've done, then sometimes I think, and I don't think I should be thinking anything like that because that is how I used to think too. Just write the book, and that's what I tell people. I said, just sit down and write the book, and that's why I named my show "A Good Story Is a Good Story" because you just get the best story you can get. And you're right; you cannot worry about whatever anybody thinks, but. Because I do shows and things like that, you listen to people, and, and then, you know, you learn different things. And I've learned a ton in the last 10 years from doing shows. So I do think that authors out there should listen to other people on advice on maybe, you know, things that they could do for marketing and whatever. But as far as writing goes, just write your story the best you know how to do it. And so I think and that's really a great critics. way. Yeah. That's a, listen that's to your a really valid. Listen valid. to the people that, that's, yeah. It's it's just yeah, that simple. Not... Yeah. If somebody don't like your really... story, go ahead, Mr. Yeah, that's... Sorry, that, that's a really valid point. 
Um, because I, in in my first book, Desert Overwatch, uh, in the end, some people die, and they're quite sort of main characters. And one lady gave me a one-star review because she was like, why did they all die? You know, and, and it was like, ah, no. <laughs> and it, God, took, it took me well, a while. It took me a while what? to work out what I what I could do to to um, make that a, a valid point that she that she gave me the the one star for, and I suddenly thought, why don't I put the first three chapters of the second book in the back of the first? So that's what I did because then you can see that all right, the people die in that one or pe- main characters die, but. They, the, the story carries on, you know. So yeah. the, 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 by listening to that one star review and li- and trying to work out what it was, I I made up, you know, I made made that sort of discovery that by putting the first three chapters in, and all of a sudden people started giving it five stars because they knew that wasn't the end. Right. See that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Nate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so sometimes you just think of something, but it doesn't, you know, sometimes you think of something and it really doesn't come right away. Sometimes after you've written the book or after a while, then even I've done that myself and I think, oh, a cover that I've done, I go, you know what? I think this wasn't the right cover for it because nobody really understands what it is. And so I think that we as writers and certainly being independent authors, it's really good in a lot of ways because we can change things and do what we want. And there's a really good sense of accomplishment when you do something and you've done it yourself and then you know you can look at it like you did and you think about it. And then you think and then you do things later on that will help you. So I think that's a good thing, you know, and not to take it to heart and never write again because unfortunately to really get serious, there's one thing that's bad, is that people read a review and that somebody said about their book and it's bad, and then they never write again. So the part of the purpose of my show all these years is for people to keep writing. And just because somebody writes a bad review, don't stop writing. That would be horrible, you know, to give up what you love for one review. And the person, well, it shouldn't have been, you know, something that will stick in your head. Well, reviews. Don't get me wrong. I, I need all I can get, and I yeah, want them honest. I, I don't, you yeah. know, if they're if they're five star or two star or one star. Right. But uh, when you walk into when you walk into the best way to look at a review is like when you walk into uh, since I'm sitting in front of McDonald's, I'll say McDonald's. You walk okay. into McDonald's and the and the two people in front of you order a Big Mac, and you don't want a Big Mac. You want a double quarter pounder. Are you going to order a Big Mac because they ordered it, ordered it or are you going to get what you want? Everybody right. has an opinion. Everybody has a taste. Everybody everybody is different, and that's what makes the world that's what makes the world so great is because yeah. of all the differences yeah. out there. Yes, yeah, you know, I agree. I have, I have listened to audiobooks that I did not like, but the – but when it comes to the point to where I don't like it, then I keep listening and I look at the characters. I look at the plot. I look yeah. at whatchamacallit. If I find something wrong with that, I will relieve a bad review myself personally. I will send yeah. um, uh, the author of the book, I will send them a message on social media uh, giving detailed information to what to what I thought about the book. And in that way, I ain't criticizing them, but I'm giving them my input. And I know my opinion don't mean nothing. And this is, I've done this to people at the best sellers, you know, and I have got. Yeah, but you don't know. They might take it. Well, they might really take it to heart. And it may, you know, just because someone writes a bestseller doesn't mean that they don't have the same problems we do, you know, uh, as far as authors out there. Because I think authors in general, they sometimes feel exactly that way you know and that's the problem is when someone leaves a one-star review and never finished the book it's not fair to the author whoever the author is well yeah you know i i believe i can speak for me and thomas on this one uh you know the only difference between us and a bestseller 
The only difference between about, us and a bestseller is they got more readers. Okay. All right. So the, the, Nina, are you still here? Nina, are you here? I'll say yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you a question, okay, because we're talking about this. Okay, so, like, there's people listening out there. So tell everybody what you think authors need to do, because you're obviously really good at what you do because you're helping these guys have great attitudes on writing. So what would you tell everybody out there is good for them, you know, that they could think Thomas, of that run. would help them? Um, run, Thomas. As, 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 <laughs> as a reader... Um, I would say have emotion in it. When I read a, a book, I want to feel the emotion. I want to feel the characters where they're feeling. I want to feel that I'm in, I want to jump in the book. Like, for example, for Nathan, I want to, I feel all the emotions that he writes in the book. Mm-hmm. All the God dancing, all the characters. Yeah. For Thomas, he has the action. All the fightings, all the helping, all the rescuing, I want to feel that. I want to feel the emotions. Whatever author feels, put their effort in their characters, make it into the book, that's, I want to feel that too. I want yeah. to feel what that author feels. That's important to yeah. me. And I think it's important to a lot of readers. If, yeah. you lo- if you don't have that emotion in the book, then you will, then the readers will, don't want to read. Yeah, I, That's I my opinion. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I, can okay, I so Thomas is bleeding I, and I am loving. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I backtrack just a little bit and yes, talk can. about um, talk about the reviews? Now at okay. the moment I am on tender hooks because I do happen to know that a number one bestseller on Amazon and other places, a guy called David P. Perlmutter has actually got a copy of the British Frontline. He is reading it as we speak. And Mr. David Perlmutter has said that he will leave me a review. Now, I'm sort of on tenderhooks now, waiting for that (laughs) review to come out. Because uh, David's book, um, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, it's a fabulous book. I've read it and reviewed it, and it's, it's awesome. You know, so if if Mr. David Perlmutter does actually do me a, a, a really good review, it's something that I can put then onto my reviews and say, look, this Amazon bestseller rated it at, you know, so right. that that's a, that's a way of getting. Well, that's a the thing, you know, reviews. and a lot of times people don't know who's who the people are that are reviewing their books. You know, we have somebody that wrote in the chat room. My chat room is open, you know, if anybody wants to go on the chat room. They have to just scroll down on their phone or their uh, computer. But uh, there's, um, I don't know if she want me to say her name, so I won't. But she says, reviews are just personal opinions. Even the biggest bestsellers have one stars. So there's no point to take it to heart. For bad reviews, always look for similarities because only then it might signal a real problem and not a personal preference. So that's somebody out there talking about reviews. There are a lot of different ways to look at it, you know, uh, and that's true. What People that have bestsellers, also there are people that don't like their books either. So I think getting back to Nathan, what you said, I totally agree it's very simple. Just write the book and that's it. Because otherwise you then get writer's block and you don't end up writing because you start questioning everything you do. Yes, oh, she Audrey. said I could say her name. Her name is Andrea Pride. Okay, she says I could say her name. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Thank Andrea. you very much. Aww. Oh, do you know her? Okay, you know her? All right, good. Yeah. Thank you for listening in. You know, but uh, I do think that that's really a good way to look at it, you know. I mean, you just can't be so uh, worried about every last thing or you will never get a book out. And that is what happens to some people. They don't think they can write and they don't even start. You know, and that's kind of sad. Don't worry about it. Just keep going. It And you're right, simple. Just think about it in those terms. It's simple. Write the story you like and end of story. That's it, you know. So I think that's really good advice. It is. I agree. Just keep on writing. Yeah. Do what you want to you know. do. Write what you want to write and keep going. Yeah. And, yeah, Andre, you, know, so, you, hear, right. you hear this? You're lucky. Yeah. You're lucky that, <laughs> that we're on that we're on phone here because 
I do not get that nice of a response. You ain't writing? Why ain't you writing? You better get writing. And I think we all need to do that. I think that's one thing that we all need is just to say, okay, we're going to write this and that's it. And um, the the more I learned, then sometimes for me, then it got, you know, because I, I don't read a lot. I listen to audio books because I really like audio books. Uh, I think people, you know, I always say this every show, I do think people should just take a shot and listen to an audio book. They'll really be surprised, even for authors that aren't, you know, that I think it's a a good tool to hear other people's work because you kind of get it in your mind, what they're saying and how they did it, rather than people are reading a book and then they make a review and they say things like, oh, there was a comma missing, or, oh, my God, they formatted this sentence wrong, you know, because as authors, everybody makes mistakes, you know, and editors make mistakes. Everybody does. So it's not necessary for people out there if they're listening to tell somebody that a comma's missing because you're not going to redo your book because there's a comma missing, you know, and I think that's one of the things that people, writers, fear is what people will say. About their book. Uh, I hope yeah. so. If they tell me I'm missing a comma. If I'm missing a comma, would you mind putting it in there for me? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I take I take great joy in in reading a book by a big mainstream author, somebody like I don't know Lee Child or Clive Custler, and when you find a mistake in the book, it's like yes. I, yeah, I know. Well, that too. Well, that too. <laughs> that, that too. All, with, yeah, I know. With all their resources at the end of truth and everyone goes, and they still make mistakes. Yeah. You know, I right. It. And, you cool. Know, I need right, to send and, you my books in. Yeah, you know, and, you know, because one of the things, you know, with an editor, you know, which is true, that, you know, you have to realize that that is everybody needs an editor. And sometimes I have problems in my head thinking, oh, why can't I just do this without making so many mistakes? And usually when I, you know, my editor used to work in my office, so sometimes he would be there and he would, I would think, oh, it's pretty good. And then I'd see him with the red pen making slashes and all this. I'm kind of like, oh, my God. You know, I thought it was really pretty good. You know, and it's because not everybody is good in grammar. It's It's hard to do that, you know, and... So I think that that's for me has always been a problem thinking like, okay, because my tenses, I write screenplays, screenplays are in the present, some and books are in the past, you know, tense. So it's like it, it does get confusing for some, but still write that book, you know, get that good story in there and stop debating about what someone's going to think when they're editing it because that is their job. Editors need editors, you know, so I think, you know. That's that's a problem for a lot of people, you know. Is yeah, knowing. I, I, I'd just like to say as well, um, I uh, I do like to read Clive Custler and Lee Child, you know. So yeah, we do find mistakes, but the books are brilliant anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, if you I don't, I don't, books, I don't it, mean it, to it, sort of. I don't yeah, you know, if you, if you read books from years ago, <laughs> if you look at books from years ago, it's so different than now, you know, because things are just different, and the style sometimes is different. And if you read them, if some of the older books, you would really think how they even got published, you know, because it really needed help. But And they're oh, classic yeah. books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so I've, that's, I've I think at the end of the day, I've, the best thing is to write the best we can. Yeah, I've, I've read books that I, I, I was cured of um, reading, a, reading the first ten pages of a book by an old English teacher, a guy, guy called Mr. Ellis, who was at uh, <laughs> my, my school in Tewkesbury. And I can't remember for the life of me what the book was we were reading for, for schoolwork. But Mr. Ellis actually caught me as I was going into the class, and he said, where's the book? Have you read it? Blah, blah, blah. And I went, no, sir, rubbish. And he said, well, how much have you read? I said, well, first four pages. He said, read the rest, never judge a book by its cover. And mm-hmm. I've, I've stuck by that philosophy ever since. Yeah. And do you know yeah. what? He 
Right, he was right. That book, I can't for the life of me remember what it was, but that book was brilliant. And I actually ended up finishing it, and that sort of started me on. on yeah, see, that's, that's really good advice. It is, you know why? Because yeah. the, a book has a beginning, middle, and end. You know, because like a lot of times people say, oh, I didn't hold my attention. Well, that, you have to get to the story sometimes. You can't always give everything in that first chapter. So it's so unfair of people to say, oh, I just read a few pages and I didn't like it. Because you're right. Because you have to read the whole thing, and then at the end, Usually you'll say, oh, this was a good story, you know, and so I think people don't realize that you need a beginning, middle, and end, and uh, and you can't just judge it by ten pages. Sometimes it takes time to get into the characters for the writer, you know. Oh, boy. You can't give everything Am away I at the beginning. Y'all, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> Well, hell, she's talking about the first ten pages. You don't get in the mind to the third book. Okay, <laughs> good. The cover All right, there, you I, go. there you go. There you go. And the cover is what I go by when I go to buy a book. Okay, I don't get I read the side, Read the back. Yeah, oh, no. she looks good. I bet this is a good <laughs> book. There we go. Well, see, that's why I like to have different people with different opinions. So you're allowed to read. That's a good opinion, right? Because it is true, though. People do look at the cover. You know, I mean, I, I mean that. You know. Just like give everything a chance, you know. But I, we're all the same. You know, you look at the cover, you go, oh, I don't know, you know. Sometimes, and that happens. It does happen, you know, that you just are turned off by the cover. But sometimes, you know, that's why a lot of people I know and myself included, I have changed covers because I don't. I sometimes, the cover does not do a book justice and someone and there are a lot of people nathan you're not the only one that will look at a book and go i don't want to read this book and so for those people you know naturally not going to change your cover all the time but sometimes after a while you'll say you know what i think maybe my cover doesn't kind of show what my book is and they may not understand it i did that with my my book i had a screenplay grand central station and it was a screenplay. So I assumed, and in a screenplay it's very different, because Grand Central Station is just a place where a lot goes on and it's just bizarre. You know, there's so much happening. So I just assumed people would get that. But I don't think they ever did. So now I changed the cover. It is it is a romance. So I added the cover of two people kissing in an umbrella, and all of a sudden people are liking it now and noticing it because I realized after a few, two years that – Maybe I should have done this. And I wasn't really thinking about that at the beginning. But now I realize they just didn't get it. And then I put a different description in because I tried to explain what Grand Central Station was. I didn't want to change the name because I had good reviews. And if, if you change the name of a title, I think you lose the, your reviews. You know, a lot, you did. I think maybe now it might not be the same. But I think you can't keep changing things on Amazon because they're not thrilled about, you know, if you do that a lot, you know, uh, it screws up a lot. But a lot of times we're all trying to sell books eventually, so if it doesn't mean anything to anybody, you sometimes have to change it, you know, because it might make a difference, you know, because I do make mistakes, a lot of them, and we all do. You know, I think that's uh, part of the game here. Like, Nina, if you see someone that if your client doesn't have a cover or something's wrong, will you tell them that, you know, say maybe we should change something? Yes, I would. To be honest with you, yeah. I would. So, yeah, you know, I always, always, I, always, I always give him my opinion. I was, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. she does. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. No, well, but, but you know, that's a good thing because, you know, if you have someone that's in your best interest, it really does help a lot, you know, because sometimes we do need help. You know, none of us can do this alone. You know, yeah. I mean, we all need help, you know, with friends or with, you know, we do need to have a few good reviews and we do, you know, I'm not big on begging for reviews because I don't like that, you know, and I... Uh, I think it's okay, very so hard. Okay, so that means I need to get out. So that means I need to get out and get on my knees and put my hands up and holler, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I have to admit it. That's a really hard thing to do for me, you know. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. And when I look at a book and ha- it has like 500 reviews, I just still can't figure out how it has 500 reviews, you know. And who would want to read 500 reviews anyway? You know, I can't even imagine, you know, looking at a I book and reading what, every uh, single one. Well, if I have 500 people to review my book, I will read every single one of them. Won't complain about okay, it at all. Well, then, okay, then, well, well, this comes yeah. to the point in the show. Okay, now, Thomas, what's, what's next for you and what's your website and everything so people can find you and what are okay. you doing next? Right, well, next on the line is, uh, well, I'm doing two books, actually. There's, there's one called um, The Namibian Offensive. And that's a follow-on from the Orcus series, so it carries on. And then I'm also writing, I'm trying my hand, a paranormal romance. Ah. So right. I, I'm going to see how that one turns out. Okay. Um, oh, I love you, it's, it's funny you should say about the, the book covers, because uh, I'm actually in the process of changing the British Front Lines front cover, because although I love the cover... I don't think it really conveys what the book is about. Right, so, so yeah, see, that's what I, I, I did got, too. I got, yeah, I got my designer to do some uh, teasers for it, for, for an author yeah. takeover we were doing. Yeah. And I just looked at this one that he's done, and I thought, you know what, that nails yeah. the, the book. So yeah. I'm yeah. I'm in the process of changing that, so hopefully yeah. we'll, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree yeah, on absolutely. that. absolutely. But right, uh, going so on for the going on for the reviews, if you look at David Perlmutter's book, the, the, uh, <laughs> well, we'll be going to look at. I see his name. Doesn't he produce? Doesn't he do producing and things? I've seen his name all over the place. So I think he does produce yeah. and he does other things. Yeah, <coughs> a lot of things. Yeah, that, that he's got over eight hundred reviews. <laughs> I'm struggling to get twenty. Well, maybe, maybe he'll, maybe he'll want to take your book to direct or produce it. Who knows? You oh, never I know. Because he's making it into film. Okay. <laughs> One never knows. Okay, it's true. I, That's the thing. Nobody do I need ever to buy knows. Popcorn. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, well. Yeah. We'll all buy popcorn. All right. Popcorn and Nathan, what about you? What's new? What's next on the line for you? Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, all right, I hope you got a minute because it's going to take one. Uh, Me and Andrea Pride is working on the the Rose of Alabastra, the first book. Oh, so this is the one that I'm looking – this is the one that called in. Okay, hi, Andrea. Now we all know who you are. Yes. Okay. And and, uh, it's called uh, the, The Bleeding Thorn. Um, that's going to be the first of probably several. Uh, wow. The story keeps Good. growing, and she keeps telling me to slow down, and I keep telling her to speed up. Then she hits me upside <laughs> the head, and I shut <laughs> up. And uh, that's how that one goes. Um, I've also got uh, uh, two more sagas coming out. Uh, my wow. dancing in the my dancing in the dark. Uh, Part of the Dancing Supernatural Tale, the first book, Dance of Unexpected Change, uh, should come out sometime first next next year. And I'm also working on the last book of my Dancer's Curse of Love and um, Last Dance of the Curse. And then the first book in Dancing the Supernatural Tale, Series 1, Dancing the Magic Begins, the book of Dunkar, uh, will probably come out sometime next year. Also, uh but, uh, the third uh, series or saga in that um, Dancers, Dancing a Supernatural Tale, Dancing Dream of Conversions, uh, Return of the Guardians, that will be out probably next year as well. And then I got uh, the other three books, four books in uh, the Dark series that I'm working on, uh, Ted of the Undead, Last Pack Standing, The Tree to Dance, and uh, oh my God! I you got I haven't, going on. I haven't really, I haven't really came up with the name uh, of the book yet. I've started on it, 
Uh, I've only got like a few hundred words in it. And uh, uh, that book is going to be the last book in the Dancing in the Dark uh, saga, the hidden series. And that's going to be Dancing All Across Hell is what I'm thinking about calling it. Uh, so that's about all I got works. Yep. See, I see Andrew. Andrew is saying, see why I tell him to slow down? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I, I can see the chat here. Andrea. I can see the yeah. chat. What she's saying, right? Because she's chatting, you know. And uh, yeah. Andrea, it's so nice. Maybe next time you'll join us. And um, Nina, is there something you'd like to say before we end? I want to say that. <laughs> run, like Thomas, say, run! <laughs> I would like to say that I love working with these two. They're a hot mess. You've, you've got a lot. I love, love them both. Yeah. Right. Yes. You got a lively character. gang here. You have a gang here of yes. lively people here. <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that. It's so much it's fun. fun. Yeah. 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 I, and so I, I hope you I hope both of you enjoyed the, I hope you all enjoyed the show. I was it, Thomas, I'm so happy that you got on to be able to be here. You yeah. know, because internationally well, it does get a little difficult. And thank you so much for trying to be here. And Nathan, uh, thank you for stopping driving yes, for a few minutes. I, at least I hope you're not driving while you're talking. <laughs> oh, no, I've been packing up. Uh, I found me another job. So I've been okay, good. Out, getting my truck ready to clean out. I'm going to be driving local uh, hopefully within the next yeah. week or so. Well, and, and Nina, okay, Nina, I'll be in touch with you because I have some things to ask you, and I'm happy to have your other authors on. Also, as well as these two gentlemen are welcome all the time, <laughs> and Andrea, we'll have to have you, you on. And uh, this has been a fun show, and I thank you all for being on, and have a really happy holiday season. And um, that's it. So thanks again. We all made thank it through, you, right? Thank you you made it through. Marcia. We did thank it. You. Okay. Hey, yeah. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> can, can, I, can I just say? Can yes. I just say that Nina is an awesome PA. <laughs> yes, I, I'm thinking. Yes, she yeah, is. yes, I think yeah. You know why? Because it's really great that you uh, have helped them this far, and you've helped them, and you you know, and you found shows for them. So I think this is really good. So I have to say, I totally agree with with them. That. Uh, oh, thank that, you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's very nice that you came on also with them. So I'm happy that all three uh, of you are here. So, yeah, it's really nice. I'm, and Nathan, you have a last word? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, I'll agree <laughs> with it. Thomas. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I would do without her. She is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, Nina, is, no. Nina is one of my best friends online, and uh, she's helped me through a lot. That's great. And yeah. I, you know what? And I think <laughs> no. And I have to say, both of you have come, have fought the odds and come out on the top. So I think for me, having you on, this has really been enjoyable because you both got where you should be. So this is really nice. I'm so happy for Excellent. both of you. Can I? Oh. Merry Christmas to everybody before we go. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Happy holidays to all, and take care. Thank you all for coming on. Right. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.